Round, round, get around, I get around, get around, woo! Yeah, that's my best Beach, beach Boys impression. You know what, I was thinking of starting off with the song, but I just thought that you would do it naturally anyways, so... Yeah, I do I'm that. We're, we're totally mentally in sync. There is a, there is a Beach Boys uh, biopic we could talk about, of sorts. There is, and we probably will. We probably will talk about that on... Most th- definitely. If this... there's any... Uh, episode that we need to to sing in i think it would be this one yeah you know but i don't like to spike the mics i don't i don't that is true. I, I, i'm that trying is true. i'm trying to be quiet i'm trying to be on good behavior um, yeah, these, are, wanna... these are hot mics as they say yes they're very hot and if if you don't know anything uh we this is cinema discovery project if you've never listened to us before i am stephen billings and with me as always is mr andrew cabral how you doing man i'm doing good i'm doing good we are uh, in our la- we are in the last week of May. We are in the midst of the summer movie season. Uh, the weather is heating up. So are the movies that we're seeing at the theaters are heating up. Uh, and today we are going to be discussing something that is a very fiery passion in both of our lives. There's a lot of heat metaphors coming at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we are going to be talking about uh, musical biopics or musical biopics or uh, don't say it like that. like that it's biopics biopics bio-pics. that's the way i that's the way i don't do that i call it biopics but 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 the, but, between... but, but the reason yeah. we're doing it is right. because uh we got the new elton john uh rocket man come out this week yes we do we have uh rocket man is yeah, out there yeah, yeah. And for those of you who know elton john's music you understand why the movie's titled rocket man you know, one of his most famous songs, amongst yes. a, a litany of famous songs. I mean, his movies, his movies, his music what's your favorite, has been... What's your favorite Elton John song? Oh. It's tough, Oh, Tiny Dancer. It's Tiny That's Dancer. pretty close for me. I, I really like your song. Is is, is kind of oh, one It's one good. of my favorites. It's pretty good. Well, I, I like Tiny Dancer so much because of that scene in Almost Famous when they start oh, course, spontaneously yeah. singing Tiny Dancer. And ironically, yeah, and Tony Danza. Is it Tony Danza? Uh, I don't know. It could be Tony Danza. I think it's Tony Danza. And ironically, one time I was at the dentist, like having like a cavity filled. Yeah. You know, they play music to calm you down because you know nothing. Nothing says, you know, I'm getting, you know, my teeth drilled like light, like light rock and roll. So they had, you know, he was little Kenny was, uh, G. Elton John playing. Little Kenny G. As, <laughs> yeah, little as, uh, as uh, Garth but, hears when he's getting his yeah, dental Joel work done. And, <laughs> and then, and uh, Tiny Dancer, Tiny Dancer was playing while they were, you know, drilling the the hole in my tooth to fill in the cavity. Nice. And I'm like, oh, I feel like that that would be, that would make you not like the song. Uh, I guess so, but maybe it was comforting in the moment. I guess. I felt um, like I was in a movie scene. Like yeah. a really disturbed movie scene. Whatever works for you, man. Whatever works for you. But before we get into our discussion about musical biopics, um, just some recent, recent news that are that is apropos for us cinephiles out yes. there. Yes, yeah, it's kind of what we do here at the beginning of the show. We like to talk about some recent events. Right, and the biggest event recently is the 2019 Cannes Film Festival recently happened and wrapped up. And there was, of course, a lot of you know, really great films that were that that premiered there, that were shown there. There are you know people from all over the world when it comes to publications went there to watch um, 
you know, all these movies, those lucky, of, lucky people in the south of France. Yeah, well, there's a lot of press on uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood from Quentin Tarantino. Yes, yes, they A lot was. of press on that, but it did not win the major award. Uh, I don't even know if it was in competition. I oh, was it not? I do not know. Because uh, I think there's only a set number of films that are um, in competition, or get to be in competition, if you will. I don't even know, like, the number, because um, I didn't do the proper research for this. Uh, <laughs> but it's it was an interesting um, festival because it was the first time, I believe, ever that the Palme d'Or winner was a film from Korea. Cool. And, and it was from the Korean um, uh, Korean director Bong Joon-ho, or Joon Bong-ho. Uh, people may know him most prominently for doing such films as um, Snowpiercer, also doing uh, the movie Okja, which Okja. Came, coincidentally yeah. came out two years at uh, two years ago at um, at Cannes, and it was it was probably the movie that started this whole Cannes and Netflix yeah, yeah. fight and controversy and all that kind of stuff because international cinema is, has different I don't know standards or different views of the way movies should be seen. Uh, you know, Fr- French cinema being kind of snooty and whatnot. You know, every movie should has to have a theatrical release. Every movie's gonna be. Well, I mean, you know, it's blah, blah, that's blah, blah. still definitely a thing that, that that certain people are fighting in in the U.S. too. Of course, Spielberg is very much still a, a very very yeah. advo- big advocate of the watching irony things of that in the is theaters. that he ended up he ended up signing like a multi gajillion dollar deal with Apple, and Apple's like producing their own. Stream, streaming content now of which he's going to participate in yeah. and i'm like what 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 are you, what are you doing <laughs> yeah he, he the, the thing is is he kind of i know i've heard that he's kind of come back on his statements in that you know it's not that he he has a problem with what netflix does it's just that he thinks you know it's about the award more than it's about the product you know like right. he doesn't think that they should be in the category of, of being nominated for Academy Awards because of how their how their product is presented, not anything to do with how that what it is. It doesn't mean that he doesn't think that that what they do is good. It's just that he thinks that if they they don't show it in theaters, they shouldn't be allowed to get an Academy Award for something. And that's yeah, you know, he all, he's trying to preserve the theatrical experience. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be look. Sometimes there has to be lines made. I, you know, to an extent, I agree with him. Sometimes there needs right. to be lines made. You know, you can't just things shouldn't just be given to everybody. You know, get opportunities shouldn't always be given to everybody. You know what I mean? Like, right? I, that's my opinion. I mean, some people think that everybody should be able to do whatever the fuck they want, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's how the world we live in. Everybody gets all offended when somebody tells them no, or, or you know, doesn't let them do what they want. You know, and that's that's America for you. <laughs> that is true. Um. Uh, the film that ended up winning is called Parasite, yeah. which I've seen the trailer for. It looks very, very good. Um, Bong Joon-ho also did the films. Um, he did the film Mother, which was which is really good. He also did the film The Host, which is a kind of a horror monster. Which Mother, don't Kaiju confuse movie. Mother with the Darren Aronofsky No, yeah, mother, not that movie. With this exclamation is not, point. This is not Mother with an exclamation point. It's that, just yeah. Mother with yeah. not an exclamation point. <laughs> but it's a really dark, dark movie. Um, and other films that played it, like you said, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Tarantino's new film got a, apparently a six-minute 
standing ovation at the end of it. Well, apparently, uh, apparently that happens a lot there, so it ain't that yeah, big of a deal. It's, uh, yeah, uh, they're either like over the moon about something, or like they like they're notorious for booing movies as well. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, so, so basically, the movie's probably pretty good, uh, but then again, it is Tarantino, and you know. Well, he was there. He was there. Yeah, of course, with he was there. DiCaprio and Brad yeah. Pitt. These are like gigantic people within the movie, within the movie world. And I mean specifically DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Like their their influence and their careers expand like beyond them just being actors in movies. Oh yeah, they're like, big they producers. They're producers now. Yeah, they're producers now. Yeah, they're producers, big time. Um, another uh, Parasite also won for best screenplay, which is very interesting. Best director was actually given to uh, a French filmmaker, Celine Siama, for a movie that was called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Great title. Mm-hmm. Great title for a movie. It's a court, yeah. Uh, that is a great title. Um, what also was there, which I thought was very interesting, and I didn't expect to see this at a Cannes Film Festival ever, was Sylvester Stallone was there for like a career retrospective. Ah. Um, be, and he was also promoting Rambo 5. Okay. Uh, Last Blood. I saw that. I saw that specifically because apparently they showed a, a trailer and the trailer leaked online. Yeah. So I saw that and I thought that was very interesting how, of all places, Cannes would be celebrating Sylvester Stallone's career because his films haven't been, you know, Cannes has a sense of prestige with it, I guess. But but his but Rocky has been his kind of most prominent movie. That's the one everyone keeps going back sure. to. I mean, we did our we did our podcast episode on the Rocky franchise and how you know important and how integral it's been to a lot of people's lives. So it's very interesting to see him getting kind of a career retrospective because he's been doing he's been in the business now since the seventies, which is like forty some odd years, fifty years ago. Well, he's definitely close he, to. Well, yeah, he's definitely the thing is is we forget because he's such a big star that. He kind of was a self-made, you know, guy. I mean, he didn't he didn't know anybody. He just like right. took chances and became very popular. And of course, yeah, he stayed popular with two of his big franchises, Rambo and Rocky. But I mean, still, he's still a guy that you know is still relevant and has continued to, uh, you know, hopefully he 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 does some more directing and not directing himself, maybe directing right. something else. But, uh, um, yeah. A couple of other films that had, were that really popped that were in the news, Robert Eggers' film oh, The Lighthouse. I can't, I can't wait to see this. A lot of buzz. Can't wait to see yeah. it. It's supposed to be coming out. I'm assuming later this year. Um, I can't wait to see that. It, it, I've heard great things from it. Pedro Almodovar had a new movie called Pain and Glory, which I hear Antonio Banderas is fantastic in it. Uh, he and Antonio Banderas have a great working relationship that goes all the way back to the 1980s. With Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. Yeah. Um, actually, oh, was it Tie Me Up, Tie Me I Down? I think so. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure maybe that's it. Was. it. Um, but yeah, those, those are some films I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll move on from there. We'll get into our um, our main topic. Yeah, our main well, topic. I guess. You, you, Musical biopics. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Unless you, yeah, and I had another thing to talk about, but we can we can just go right into musical biopics. All right. Um, yeah. So I mean, we like to kind of give a little historical perspective with musical biopics, but it, but I was telling Stephen earlier, it was kind of tough to find a sense of origin with musical biopics because they've been a part of cinema 
history now for a long time, for at least in the mainstream for at least 50 years, going yeah. all the way back to, I think, 1970. Um, because I think before then we had, of course, other films based off of musical artists. Um, Yankee Doodle Dandy, which came out in the 40s, which was about George M. Cohan. Um, there was another film that was um, that was uh, starring the great Cary Grant, which is another, which was another film. I, I'm gonna look up the date for it because I knew it was another one that was in the 40s. A lot of these started to pop up in the 40s, which is really interesting to me because there were also there. I was looking at kind of the history of biopics in general, trying to figure out, you know, which ones of these are musical biopics, which ones of these are not. The movie I'm talking about with Cary Grant is Night and Day. Mm -hmm. uh, where he played Cole Porter. And what is interesting is I found that the first movie that was about a so a musical person was uh, about um, Beethoven. Mm -hmm. uh, it was about, um, and it was really early on. Like, we're talking about, like, 19, the early 1900s. So we're talking deep in the silent era, which is also interesting to me because how, do, how would one do a movie in the silent era about a musical artist <laughs> because yeah it, it doesn't quite work that way you know what i mean um yeah the earliest one's call is yeah, actually no it's actually one before that's called the story of uh no yeah here it is origin of beethoven's moonlight sonata the subject is ludwig von beethoven 1909 that's the earliest i've seen that is very very early. Well, def um, definitely, definitely, it's you know, definitely not the traditional, uh, no. you know, what we know today. You know, no. and and I was talking when I, we were talking about this off off mic about you know where these where what what kind of where could we say there's really a, a true origin of what we see today, and I think it just begins with you know mu you know musicals in general like or, you know, movies yeah. any kind of movie about music you know from that time from early cinema like you know, you know for instance star is born you know that that you know because that them stories are influenced by real life so you know anything about somebody that starts from nothing and becomes a rising star falls rises again you know that's kind of the become the cliche <laughs> <laughs> well, what is interesting you say that is they kind of took um, this idea or this concept of the rags to riches story. Yeah. The the American dream story is rising up from nothing and getting success. And that's usually done in whatever field, whether it's musicians or athletes or, you know, politicians. Because it's, rela whatever. it's, it's relatable. You want yeah, you want, it's a you want your subject to be relatable. Story. Yeah. Yeah, it's a generic relatable story and it's also a hopeful one. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, if this person can do it, so can you. You know what I mean? It has that kind of translation. Um I I also want to say that um I that by the time we got to the 1970s, there were very there were a lot of interesting people who had had prominent careers in the 50s and 60s and by that point you could start making biopics musical biopics about them and what is also interesting is if you go back and I kind of like I kind of was kind of thinking about this in my head is musicals and and musical biopics are hand in hand because you can't have musical biopics without being able to uh, 
utilize music in movies. Nothing really utilizes music in movies quite like musicals. I mean, literally. Sure. I mean, we could have music we, in every scene. There's been. You know a, I, mean? I think I don't know. If, I don't know if we've ever debated it on on here, but I know. I, I know we've talked about it off camera before about what is ca- how do you categorize a musical? I mean, I I personally only say movies that are musicals when they use the music. When it's like you're breaking the fourth wall type of thing, where you're singing to the audience, uh, not right. ne- you know, I, I don't count, you know, something like almost famous as a musical, you know that okay. that's not the same to me. I think that that's a a, a music it uses music as as a device in the in the movie, but it's not necessarily you know breaking you know breaking into song, you know, breaking reality. Yeah. And a lot of the, yeah, and I understand what you're saying from that. I was, I was going to go down a different avenue, but I just want to comment on that. Is that I know what you're talking about. There's kind of a more traditional sense of musical. Sure. Where, you know, the, the actors or the, the dancers or singers are looking directly at the camera. Like you said, literally breaking the fourth wall. And, like, they're dancing to dance. Well, they're, they're, they're doing something that normal people don't do, which is right. literally break into song. You know, like it, when you're breaking into song, that to me is a musical. You know, when you suddenly are singing at a time that people don't usually sing. Everything else is just part of the story. You know, if you're a, a band, you know, if it's a, a Bohemian Rhapsody, they're singing. They're a band. That's part of the story. That's what what it is. That's the subject of the movie. You know, that doesn't necessarily. I mean, it's just it's it's a subjective thing. I I, th- really I, I just really I, I I just think that that's. That's how I, you know, define a musical, you know. I feel but. you. And I would say a lot of the early musical biopics were about um, more classical forms of music. Sure. So I was just looking quickly, like, there was a, a movie that was about uh, Chopin, a movie that's about Mozart, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's movies about j- a certain jazz uh, artist and, and concert pianist, things like that. When you progress along in history, musical history in general, things get a lot more, I would say, interesting. Yeah. Uh, to me, music from this, from there's like there's like a dividing line for music for me. It's before the British invasion and then after the British invasion. Oh yeah. When it yeah. comes to, I would say rock and roll specifically, but I would say music in pop culture specifically, music being infused within our culture so much that it's now like part of our lives pretty consistently. Yeah. And I think the British invasion in the sixties pretty much did that. Um, and not that there wasn't great music before then, cause there was, I mean, Elvis, I believe was before the British invasion blues and jazz, you know, people like little Richard and all that were all before, you know, the British invasion. And of course the different, you know, country music artists as well. And all that kind of stuff, bluegrass, all these kind of stuff. But I'm just saying when it comes to what we're talking about, I found the most interesting and the more complex characters are people from that British invasion era. People like, you know, the the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, um, onward and onward. I mean, which don't, forever, which none of them. a musical podcast. But I'm just saying, like, I want to see the musical biopics about those people are fascinating because, because of the pop culture, um, you know, height around them. Well, funny enough, none of none of them bands you just said really have a musical biopic about Cohen, them. I would say no, not, uh, but not, they do yeah. have influence on other, of course, 
movies that are. Th- th- there's been documentaries. Yeah, documentaries. Definitely. But, but Which is different. And that's something I do want to bring up perhaps later on. Because one of the biggest things I always see with biopics is that, although that's not how it really happened. Oh, yeah. that didn't happen then. That's not exactly how it happened. That person didn't meet that person ever. That person's fake. And I'm like, there's a difference between documentary and there's a difference between theatrical movies. Yeah. Um, and the difference is one is typically based in entirely or at least predominantly in fact, and the other one's trying to tell a story. Yeah, and so sometimes it, it, they take a lot of creative like license and just to make for a dramatic effect to make the right. story more compelling. Yeah. Yes, they do. Um, and maybe I'll just get into that right now, is that creative license is taken liberty with so, so much that sometimes you'll get musical biopics and none of it in there is actually true. Yeah. <laughs> and none of it is actually true. Or like, fifth, or like, you know, it's not even half and half. It's like 80-20. Like, it's real and fake. And sometimes you get great movies out of, like, creating fake content, which I guess is kind of what movies do in general anyways. Yeah. Um, also, um, yeah, that's all I want to say about that. But also, uh, but get back into the 70s. This is when I think we started getting some really good biopics. Not that we didn't get some good ones beforehand, because like I said, Yankee Doodle Dandy is an all-time classic. James Cagney, and of course there are others. But in the 70s, we got a few that I found to be really, really good. Um, we get movies like uh, The Buddy Holly Story, which starred yeah. Gary Busey, of all people. I mean, a lot of people... <laughs> Could you see him doing that movie now? <laughs> uh, no. Gary Busey is one of those people who is, you know, famously erratic human being. Yes. <laughs> Who I'm assume has done. Who went on to play bad guys things. a lot after this, like he went on to play like Lethal Weapon, uh, yeah, and, and cops yeah. And, and you know be like police officers. But he's also like famous for like you know his real life persona being just like a crazy man, yeah. basically like wild hair, goofy eyes, um, talking nonsense, you know, all those kind of things. But at one point, he was a great actor. You know, at one point he was making uh, a movie like the Buddy Holly story, and and being like nominated for awards for it. You <laughs> know what I mean? Uh, for those of you who don't know, Buddy Holly was it was was kind of like a tragic, tragic uh, famous musician um, or famous mu- uh, musical artist who died very young. He died in a plane crash, I believe. Yeah, he was an early rock and roll singer. Um, and from, like, the early days of rock and roll. I don't know if he was quite rockabilly or something like that. Is that, like, two-step, you know, kind of... Yeah, like, kind of the early, like, the 50s rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which is different than, like I said, the British Invasion rock was completely changing. But the early rock was kind of like rockabilly and whatnot. It didn't have quite as hard an edge as we would get later on. No, no, no. But that's one that's really, really good. Um, there's another one that's fascinating to me, and I was talking to Steven about this. There is an Elvis biopic that was directed by John Carpenter, that's a TV movie, (laughs) came out in 1979, starring, uh, Kurt Russell as Elvis. Ah, where did this go? Where is this movie? Where is this movie? And what's interesting is that it was very soon after Elvis died, like two years after he died, um, which is a really close... You know, so this, these movies so he, don't get made. So did, did he? That means he made this movie like right after Halloween, didn't he? Yeah. Did, was in Halloween like seventy eight? Seventy eight. Yeah. So was he working on this? Like right after. after that. Yeah. 
very soon after that. Um, also, I mean, a lot of these biopics are not um, quote-unquote official sanctioned sure. biopics from like whoever owns the intellectual properties of these famous artists sometimes don't don't approve of these movies so and that's why you don't and that's why you can't find this movie (laughs) perhaps perhaps you know and oftentimes it's not that's the case where it's like it's not approved by the family or they didn't go through the family or whoever owns the rights yeah and and, you know i mean i can't really think of a lot of examples off the top of my head but you kind of kind of somewhat of an example we were talking about off off mic was you know sometimes artists uh directors filmmakers will kind of do what like like what they did with Nosferatu where they'll take the story but they'll change all of the things that connect it personally to whoever it is like you know Nosferatu's Dracula but they so they didn't use the name Dracula they used Nosferatu and then they switched a couple things on his looks and blah 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 and they, but they still basically did Dracula <laughs> well you know what movie I'm going to mention because yeah. I always mention this movie yeah Gus Van Sant's Last Days yes which is essentially Kurt a Cobain. Kurt Cobain movie. Yeah. About his quote unquote last days. And if you look, do any research about this movie, basically Gus Van Sant pretty much knew that he would be he would have been sued. Oh and yeah. And they wouldn't have let him made a Kurt Cobain movie, so he just changed the names and changed things up yeah. and made his own Kurt Cobain movie. <laughs> and it's it's starring Michael Pitt as Kurt <laughs> as Kurt Cobain. And it's just his last like couple of days of life of him just being like super super like depressed and ultimately ended up ending up killing himself which we all knew happened a lot of things with these biopics though these musical biopics is when they end in like a a death or a tragedy or something like that we kind of already know how these movies end we kind of we also kind of almost always know how these movies go you know what i mean like if you if you're a big fan you know for Bohemian Rhapsody, if you're a big Queen fan, a big fan of Freddie Mercury, you know his life pretty well. Not you not you don't know the, the the intimate details, but you know like oh yeah, this album came out this year, this album came out that year. You know this was, you know he was born here, he was born there. You know th- things like that. Yeah, like you basic stuff. You know. basically with the biopic, you 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 would like to learn more about some of the personal details of their lives. You know their personal lives. Uh, but everything else is just the cherry on top, you know, the getting yeah, to, getting to hear the music and getting to hear yeah, the, you know. You're almost in there to see, like, how do they translate it? Like, what do they put in? What do they take out? What did they, what did how, they, insp- what depicting? inspired them to do the, do the music that they, you love so much is yeah, important like, really, to me, you know. Things like that. Um, that, you know, some, some rock stars have lived outrageously outrageous lives and sometimes to the point where you're like I, I'm, how are they going to do this on screen and, and then you know, you know I mean? sometimes there's you know biopic movies that are not necessarily trying to tell you a story about the rise and the fall or, or the rise and the continuous rise they're not trying to do that they're maybe just trying to to maybe cap, like you said with last days capture a moment um, you know something like the recent film Blaze um, oh yeah it's about that yeah. like I can't think of his name. Foley, something Foley is his yeah, name. Let me look it. Let me look it up because I was just thinking of that the other. But yeah, Ethan Hawke directed research. it this past year, and yes, it's it's it about it like a kind of a a. Uh, a yeah, it's a reimagining of the life and times of Blaze Foley, yeah, the unsung songwriting legend of the Texas outlaw music movement, and I think he was around the time of like Woody Guthrie and. Uh-huh. Um, 
than like John, Bob Dylan stuff like that. I not quite sure. But Don't yeah, quote me on that. But yeah, you know, it's 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 more of an kind of an experiential film where you're just kind of with him, and it's not necessarily following any kind of journey. It's it's kind of you know giving it's it's more mood than anything. Um, right. And you know. And and of and course he, his story doesn't really have a much of a rise anyway. So <laughs> Oh yeah, it's I mean it's I mean He's an un kind of an unknown person until this movie, honestly, yeah, for that, me. That happens a lot. <laughs> that happens a lot with the indie music indie music scene where these people just the the their careers really just don't don't flourish. I mean, we're going a little off track here, but you know, the Cohen Brothers movie um Inside you know Lewin Davis. Inside Lewin yeah, Davis. Inside Lewin Davis is pretty much a snapshot of exactly what we're talking about. It's, it's also kind of a culmination of like all of those artists at the time who just didn't make it. You yeah. know what I mean? That tried to make it and ultimately failed. But they are like they're 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 either in the wrong they're in the wrong era. They're they're ahead of their time or behind their times. I mean, they literally have a Bob Dylan reference in that movie where it's like, man, he came he came along right before Bob Dylan made what he's doing yeah. like really popular. You know what I mean? Like, if he had come after Bob Dylan, people would have probably paid more attention to that character. But that that's about, you know, Inside Lewin Davis. Um, another movie that I saw the other just the other night, which is a very famous musical biopic, is The Coal Miner's Daughter, which starred which star Sissy Spacek, and I believe her, her Oscar-winning role. And this is a movie about the famous um, country music star. I believe she was, like, the... the, the head of country music uh in loretta lynn and this was a very interesting kind of more straightforward biopic that's what you got a lot early on and in kind of general for most of the time is you get you get kind of this straightforward biopic and steven has already touched a little bit on the formula you know the the rise and fall the rags to riches you know what i mean like uh, most biopics most biopics and most musical biopics kind of stick in that formula unfortunately and yeah. this one kind of did, but you gotta realize this movie came out in 1980 when that formula, you know, people didn't recognize that as a formula yet. It was still yeah. brand new, you know. Yeah, and it was and, still new. And like I said, I was another film that kind of goes back to what I was saying about like capturing maybe just a moment, not necessarily traveling through the years of prominence. Is like mm-hmm. Nowhere Boy uh, oh, about yeah. about John Lennon. Um, I watched that the other night. Yeah, and his in his early years. Night. Yeah, it's 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 like. John Lennon, the teenage, the teenage years. Yeah, yeah, you know. And it's all about him, like his relationship his with life. his aunt, and, and yeah. yeah, and like kind of the early, early beginnings of his musical career. Yeah, the very early. And that movie starred Aaron Taylor Johnson as John Lennon, young Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think mm-hmm. he was only like twenty or twenty-one. When he and the director movie. of that movie ends up being his wife in real life. Was his wife? Yes. <laughs> She's or, twice his age. Yes, she is. Age is just a number. Just a number. But like you said, I mean, there hasn't been a Beatles biopic specifically. Not specifically, no. But we where there's other actors like playing nowhere. the Be- all the Beatles characters, and it's about their prominent yeah, years. And yeah, and then you get movies where like they'll have actors playing the Beatles, or they'll have actors playing these famous people, like in the background, like the something. Love Guru, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Didn't the Love Guru have a scene where the Beatles were there? 
was that was that walking hard no you're right that is walking hard yeah 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 yeah, you're right yeah cox story which literally makes fun of the musical biopic yes it's a sad it's a satire of it yes um and it's crazy that bohemian rhapsody is literally like that i gotta (laughs) think about i gotta think about my whole life before i go on stage (laughs) yeah like literally things like that happen well that's uh, that's part of the formula man where they they like to start the movie out at the end and then Mm. make you go all the way back to relive the whole leading up to that moment and then yes they do that a lot in movies yeah not just biopics but in movies in general uh or musical biopics um another film that's kind of man we can just list off some of these great movies that um the doors i'm gonna mention i guess right now yeah I'm going to mention The Doors by uh, Oliver Stone because it's one of those movies that I mentioned that I was kind of talking about earlier where uh, most of it is, is has been ridiculed as not being true or like yeah. there have been literally people like in The Doors band who came out at the time and was like, yeah, that, that never happened. Uh, I think people like Ray Manzarek and all the others who were alive at the time. And for me, I'm like... Yeah, you're right, but this movie is still an absolute acid trip at times, and I think that um, what's his name is absolutely like Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer is like magnetic as J- uh, Jim Morrison from The Doors. Um, I mean, I'm kind of slightly biased for my love of this movie because The Doors are like my third favorite band of all time. Really? So, so it's like uh, so I'm kind of blinded by it, I guess. Blinded by my love of The Doors. The Doors, man. They came around at a time, like I said, that British invasion window of like the mid to late 60s, but they were an American band, and they their sound was completely different than everyone else. Like, their sound was like rock and roll, but it was psychedelic, and they used a piano bass versus a guitar bass, which you never see, and Jim Morrison just kind of like this drug, this drug addict poet, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just just doing all kinds of crazy I'm gonna things. Quote, I'm going to quote uh, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman from Almost Famous. The Doors, they're a bunch of drunken buffoons. Give me the guess who. Give me the guess who. At least they have the courage uh, to be drunken <laughs> buffoons. Uh, Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. Don't you think it's a little early for that? Uh, not no, for not me. Not for me. <laughs> they put in Iggy Pop. That would be a, I can't wait for the Iggy Pop biopic. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Biopic. Because he's yeah, still around. Come. He's still rocking, apparently. Hey, another uh, good one. Uh, Sid, Sid Nancy. Sid, and speaking of that era, that yeah. 70s, I mean, that's, that, talk about, talk about a sound that you didn't, didn't hear at the time. Punk rock, man. Punk rock is crazy. Yeah. Because it's so wild and. Well, you know, that, that one kind of stands out as kind of a different one because it doesn't necessarily have a rise and fall story necessarily. He was always on drugs through the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yet again, it's one of those that's just kind of like a spotlight of a specific time. Because well, I mean, his only, time was so short anyway. Yeah, but it's it really concentrates on the relation, the toxic relationship between uh, Sid Vicious and um, Nancy. Spongin? I can't remember what her name was. Let me look it up. But yeah, I mean that one. But that that one's done by that one. Alex you know, Cox. It, it it gives you a chance to see you know see a little bit of the band, but more or less it's about the two them two people and their relationship more than it is about the music. Yeah, it uh, was Nancy Spongin. Also, yeah. I mean Gary Oldman was playing Z- Sid Vicious. Oh man, so uh, good. Chloe Webb was playing Nancy. 
uh, an early, early role from Gary Oldman. And this movie is done by Alex Cox. It came out in 86. Yeah. Wow, I thought it was much earlier than that. But it came out in 86, and it's just, it's just interesting to see uh, that movie come out at that time because the punk rock scene was kind of there in the 70s and into the 80s um but it's still still around now yeah. but i mean like just like the kind of that era was so interesting you know that british punk rock versus american punk rock and then in america you had like west coast punk rock versus like east coast punk rock yeah uh just different the different sounds in the venue in the venues man you have to watch some for those of you out there who don't know about punk rock or the history of punk rock check out some documentaries about punk rock uh, and you just see like like some of the venues are basically like abandoned warehouses and like basements and places like that. Oh yeah. And it's just people, just just like just going bananas. It's so so crazy that you're able to harness harness that and turn that into some type of some type of movie. And there've been movies about the punk rock scene. SLC Punk is one that was about the punk rock scene. Um, yeah, it's we're crazy crazy form of music and, and that's what's so interesting about the subgenre of musical biopics is with music you can make it about whichever genre of music you want to you know what i mean the thing is it's thing, so wide open but it's just about what you want the focus to be do you want to do you want to zero in on the the main you know artist that you know like we were talking about before you know is Bohemian Rhapsody, a, you know, is it trying to be a movie about Queen or is it trying to be a movie about Freddie Mercury? Um, right. You know, it just depends on what you want to focus on. You know, you got, you know, you know, if they do ever do a movie about Bob Seger, which they probably won't, um, <laughs> are they going to do a movie about just Bob Seger or Bob Se- Seger and the Silver Bullet Band? Who knows? I mean, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I know. It's, it, it, I mean, Tom it, Petty. I mean, Tom Petty Tom or Petty Tom Petty and the what? Heartbreakers. You know, I mean. Uh, how about a movie a movie about Black Sabbath? But is it going to be like a movie about Black Sabbath? Is it going to be a movie about Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne? Osbourne? See, that would probably be Ozzy Osbourne. They'll probably focus on him mostly. Or do you want to just do a movie about Ozzy Osbourne? I mean, like, it's... It's tough. You know, it's, it's tough. It's kind of, op- it's kind of open that way. Or, or wanna... you get... Yeah, go on. You, you go... Or you go more into, like, about something more than that. You know, don't focus in so much on trying to glorify the... With the band, person. you know, yeah. the person or the music itself, you know, sure it's there, but you don't have to make it the focus necessarily. You can make all the no. actual. Try to make a good film before you try to uh, exploit the things that are already popular. Yeah, that was something I was kind of leaning into a second ago, where I'm like, when it comes to just the variety of, you know, the musical genres you can use in musical biopics, you don't necessarily have to be a fan of that specific genre of music to think hey, that the movie yeah. you're watching is 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 good. Yeah. For example, I mean, Straight Outta Compton. I was going to say um, that, yes. <laughs> Straight Outta Compton's a movie about, you know, NWA and about the rap era in the in the early in the late 80s and 90s. Maybe you're not interested in rap at all, but you watch that movie and you're like, "Damn, that acting's great. Damn, that story's yeah. interesting." You know what I mean? Things like that. Those things can grab you, and that's the beauty of meshing the two worlds of the music world and the movie world because those lines get blurred and it's not about what you like versus what you don't like. It's about, you know, so much more than that. Yeah, I mean, it's also, you know, you're delving into a, a, a different part of the culture that you might not have really known about. 
Right. Like, that's Sometimes why you know, it can be informative. It can be informative, just like you said with the punk era. There's a lot of there's a lot of things about that punk era that can be interesting that you might not have known about. I mean, it's very right, true. Yeah. Um, for and I mean, and sometimes there are movies like we said, like a Bohemian Rhapsody, um, or like something, or like a couple of these movies I'm going to mention where they're specifically about the life of a very interesting individual. Yeah. That is uh, probably someone maybe you're a fan of, you want to know more about, or perhaps you're interested in the story. I mean, you have musical biopics about like um, uh, you have Walk the Line, which is about Johnny Cash. You know, you have Ray, which is about Ray Charles. You know, what's love got to do with it? With uh, Tina Turner is about Tina Turner. Um, you 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 have, you know, coal miners' daughter. I said about Loretta Lynn. You have the Temptations, which is about you know the Temptations. Selena, which was a movie that really started off uh, Jennifer Lopez's career, and she's yeah. both made a career in music and movies. Uh, you, you have you have Great Balls of Fire with about Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, I, have you ever seen Great Balls of Fire? I haven't. With, uh, Den- Dennis Quaid as Jerry Lee Lewis came out no. in like, the 80s or something like that. Anywho, do you remember that? This is, you're going to have to reel me in in a second okay. here because I'm going to go, about to go off. Uh-oh. You remember like that era of like when you were younger and you just saw Dennis Quaid in like every other movie you watched? I feel like <laughs> I it, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, like he was in Parent Trap. He was in The Rookie. He was in like... Yeah, he just kept, he was in Day After Tomorrow. He was, it was in... like that late eighties <laughs> throughout the nineties into like the mid two thousands era of Dennis Quaid, where he was in like a movie every single. I feel movie. like he's coming or back movies. a little bit too lately. He's like, still making movies. He hasn't he, stopped. He's in that he dog stopped. movie. He was in that weird movie where he's like the killer. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, he's like lately he's just popped back up again. Like I don't know yeah, what he, he just he just doesn't go away. Sorry, Den- go away. sorry, Dennis Quaid. We love you, but I mean, what what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> How are you not dead yet? You've been around forever. He has been around forever. Okay. He was playing you know an old man that was being a baseball player in the early 2000s. Like, how is he, like, he still looks the same. He Yeah, he hasn't aged a day. Um, yeah, you've got, but, back, but reel me back in. I'm reeling uh, you back in, okay. Reel, Go ahead. Reel me back in. Rick, 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 rick. That's my real Yeah, sound. so there's movies like uh, Notorious, which is about Biggie Smalls. Um, there's There was that Tupac movie that Ugh, came out a little while ago. God, it's terrible. Which these some I'll say this not all of these are good. No, yeah. some of these are not. A lot good. of them are actually not good. <laughs> yes, so there are some musical biopics that are just not good. Um, uh, you have and you you have something like um, I didn't actually put this together until I was doing my research for this. The Pianist, which is a movie by um, Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski, um, which is about an actual musician. Yeah. Um, you know. I can't pronounce that. Uh, Vladislaw Zippelman? Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce what's it. What's the uh, What's the one film? Uh, Milos Forman? Didn't he do one? Didn't he do uh, um, is it Amadeus? Or is it... Yes, Amadeus. Which is a movie that I don't know if it's quite a biopic. Music, I don't know. I saw it on some lists and I didn't, and I didn't see it on others. If that yeah, makes any yeah. sense. Because it's a movie that is, of course, about you know the career of or of um, um, Mozart, yeah. Mozart, but it's told from the opinion from the point of view of Salieri, who was um, insanely jealous of Mozart and his rise. So to basically, fame and people think that this a lot of this is fictionalized. Is that what it is? is I, that- I would assume that that would be the argument. Is that it's well, maybe the argument that it's not a proper biopic because you're not seeing the life of the artist. You're kind of seeing the life of the artist through 
someone else's perspective. Sure, I guess. I guess so, but eh. I just but I do want to mention that Amadeus is it's a movie about that Mozart. I yeah. mean that you're all right. That it is it's a, a best picture winner. It's a long movie. It's a movie I haven't seen since high school. I really should have given it a rewatch, but time being what it is. Um, there's also uh, Love and Mercy is interesting to me just by the way it's structured because it's not a movie necessarily about the Beach Boys, but they're in it. It's more of a movie about, um, what's his name, Stephen? Peter something, right? In his um, name, Peter. Thinking, I'm forgetting the name of the main singer. So am I. <clears throat> Look it up. Scream at us, audience. Yeah, yeah scream at us and the audience. Love and Mercy, which of course starred Paul Dano. Paul Dano and John Cusack were in the film. And we're talking about... Um, uh, it's uh, Brian Wilson. Yeah, Brian, Brian Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. I was going to say Brian Johnson. Don't ask me why. God. This isn't, <laughs> where's the ACDC biopic yeah. movie? Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. And I'm like, if, I if there was going to be a generic biopic movie, it would be about ACDC because they only have four chords in their songs. Of course, oh, the movie would be oh. would be very generic too. So, what would be what would be very um, interesting is you. Well, I mean, their first lead singer died. Of course, yeah, Bon Scott. That would yeah. be interesting to see. How, you know what? You know what they need to make. That we're get, we're delving into ones we would love to see. We should wait. Yeah, we got we got we to save that for later. Though. A little bit. We got a little bit more to talk about. Well, like I said, um, Love and Mercy is about Brian Wilson, who was from the Beach Boys. And the film is structured in such a way where you see kind of his early days and his later days. Yeah. There's really no, like, life journey in there. There's no, like, there's no real middle ground. You kind of it's a, it's more to, like, more or less together yourself. The, the, the later version of him is dealing with a lot of uh, issues, and he's it's kind of looking back on his formative years to right. see, you know, the connections and stuff. And Yeah, you can make connections from the past and the present. Um, another uh, movie, another movie which I haven't seen, but uh, maybe Stephen, you've seen it, and that is the movie Bird, Mm-mm. which was directed by um, Clint Eastwood, and it's about Charlie Parker, starring mm. Forrest Whitaker. He does love his jazz. Yes, he does love his jazz. That does, does jazz seem like a an older generation's music? Oh, well, it or, d- or yeah. Think- unless unless you're uh, uh, Ryan Gosling from La La Land. <laughs> I, I do like I do like jazz. I'm not like big into it, but I listen to it and it it sounds fantastic to me. Um, a movie that I really want to see that is fascinating to me because it's about another tragic figure. The, the a lot of these music biopics are uh, based off on like perhaps people who died too early. Um, you know they've been trying to do a Janis Joplin biopic now for years. Um, the movie called Control, which is about Ian Curtis from Joy Division. Who died very very young um he died and it wasn't one of those where like oh like his career was like in in the dumps and he and you know he had, he, he felt too much pressure so he had no place else to turn so he committed suicide you know it wasn't one of those things his the, the joy division's career was just about to take off into yeah. like, into like it, i think he died right before they were going to do a u.s tour and really hit the scene big time so that's another one that that's another kind of trope you see in a lot of not only musical biopics but maybe biopics in general is sometimes they tend to be downers. You know yeah. what I mean? They they really like cautionary to, to tales. Tug at your heartstrings. Cautionary um, tales. And a lot of it is very interesting to me from a cultural pop cultural perspective is that throughout that generation after generation of 
these these you know musicians or these musical artists they all seem to suffer from a lot of the same demons yeah. you know what i mean alcoholism drug drug addiction um depression has become a big thing recently yeah very, very much setting a uh kind of, i don't know if it's responsible or not uh setting a certain uh you know, image in people's heads of what it takes to be these types of people. <laughs> you know, that you have to have some kind of darkness to be a, a successful uh, and and, and long-lasting, you know, uh, image in people's minds as a musician. Uh, well, it's also, it's also you know, like you say, cautionary tale about the price of fame and fortune. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's been it's, a lot, there's been a lot of movies about that lately with their, with music, you know. Yeah, and it's only going to be more prominent, I think, going forward with musical biopics, um, because we're seeing a lot of, you know, uh, prominent musical artists from, you know, 20, 30 years ago dying now. We we just saw um, the lead singer of, um, oh my goodness, Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, who just passed away. Well, I mean, just, I mean yeah, you had Amy, Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse is another one who yet, yet again someone who who died too young they did a documentary about her but i don't yeah. know if they would perhaps they could do a um a bi- musical biopic i don't know i don't know she, anything about her i don't <laughs> i mean watch the watch the documentary amy and and you kind of get the whole yeah the whole thing you do get the whole thing um but there's a you, lot of these here there's there's a couple more i want to mention okay. i don't need to cut steven off no yeah i was gonna say i was gonna go ahead and do that and we'll, let's move into uh, what we what we would like to see after okay, that? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, one that's one of my favorites, and do you want to talk about unconventional musical biopics? I got one for you here. Okay. Uh, I'm not there. Yes. Directed by Todd Haynes, which is about the life and career of Bob Dylan. Very now, interesting. Steven, you've seen it. Have yes. You, have you not? Uh, yes, I've, I've seen, seen it. it a couple times. Um, the way this movie is structured is kind of like a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> To a certain extent, it, there's no real plot when it comes to story, or you're not chronicling the life of Bob Dylan. You're, what you're seeing is different phases of his career and life portrayed by different actors. They're vignettes. Or actresses, or actresses in, in different parts. Yeah, they're vignettes. Vignettes, yeah, and of, they're all put together. Yeah. And many different amazing actors I mean, have... And the female you're talking right. about, Kate Blanchett, played him. Yes. Yeah. She played, and she got nominated... Uh, for um, an Oscar for that, I believe. I would assume yeah, supporting. She, yeah, she got best. Yeah, in a supporting role, she got and she won the Golden Globe as well for her performance in that film. But you have, I remember if like Christian Bale, head, Christian Bale, the late great Heath, Heath Ledger, Ledger, um, Kate Blanchett, like we've said, um, Richard Gere, I want to say maybe. Yeah, because the thing is, they never call him by his name. So if you go and look at, um, you know, the IMDb credits, and you're seeing, oh, who played Bob Dylan in this movie? None of them are named Bob Dylan. Yeah, <laughs> so you yeah. really don't know. It's very cryptic, but you get, you, you can see, you can see the different influence. Like, you get moments, certain moments in Bob Dylan's life, specifically, you know, one of the more prominent moments is when, you know, Bob Dylan went electric at the Newport Folk Festival. Um, that's that's a moment that they show in the movie and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so there's I'm Not There. Um, there's also uh, La Vie en Rose, where Marion Cotillard play Edith Piaf. Um, that's that, that's a really good movie. 
Uh, there's another older film um, from 76 called Bomb for Glory. Uh, that is a, a about Woody Guthrie, coincidentally, who I just mentioned. Um, and I think Randy Quaid, yeah, Randy Quaid's in the movie, David Carradine's in the movie. Um, that's, that's very interesting. But there are other prominent ones that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, would you consider Green Book a musical biopic? Because I see it on a list here, and it's very interesting to me. Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem to be focusing on the necessarily the career. I mean, I guess that the main, it's his, but... He never became. I mean, they don't advertise the movie as that. That's what it's trying to talk about is is his career and music. It's more about their friendship, right? I don't know. I mean, it's and yeah. Okay, um, I don't know. I'm, you, I'm with you on that. You don't really follow him into his like early years or anything like that. You just you know. I don't know. I mean, it's subjective. Yeah, that's true. Um, what is interesting is I keep oh, as I keep seeing um, Eight Mile. In, in lists that yeah. I, when I was doing my research, and that movie's not really—it's loosely based on Eminem's real life, but it's not about Eminem, or is it? You know, you've seen that movie more. It's than It's supposed I to be about no. It's supposed to be about his his early years, and of course, he plays himself. <laughs> right. I mean, as as one does, <laughs> as one does. I can't wait to play myself um, in a movie. The, yeah, yeah. There was the movie La Bamba. Which was about uh, Richie Valens. It came out in the in the 80s. Uh, there was the uh, Get On Up. Uh, yeah. For those of you who like James Brown, Get On Up. A lot of people do not like that movie. I think um, it's fine. I thought what's his name was was fantastic. Chadwick Boseman is is really good. Yeah. It's another movie that is kind of uh, non-linear to a certain perspective. You keep getting flashes of uh, his uh, James Brown's childhood and how it influenced his his, his life. It's very very interesting. A lot of metaphors in there. Um, yeah, I think. Is there any other ones that you're thinking of? I mean, I got one here. Behind the Candelabra, Liberace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nobody for some reason nobody mentions that movie, and I think it's fantastic. Uh, maybe because it was on HBO, and nobody considers like HBO like they consider it like a TV movie. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I already mentioned Walk the Line, Straight Outta Compton. Okay, I'm just retreading now. Yeah, I, I think we've kind of hit yeah. all the main we've ones. Bo- we've hit a bunch of them. I mean, there's um, other ones, obviously, but yeah, not, not all of them are worth many mentioning. Many of them, many, many, many of them. But let's get into what we want to see now. Stephen, you sound off. I've been talking too much. I want to see the Hanson biopic. Hell, uh, yes, it's it, about that time. I know, right? It's you know the '90s is coming back around. Let's get the let's get Hanson in there. No, I'm the just '90s kidding. never died. I know, right? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, what I'd like to see uh, when I was I was about to talk about earlier uh, when you talked about plane crash was Leonard Skinnerd. Where's the Leonard Skinner? Yeah, where's Good the Leonard Skinner? I mean, tragic. I mean, like one of the biggest bands in the world, and then, then half the band dies in a plane crash. Um, and then they they picked up and they continued, man. Yeah, because then his brother. Yeah, the, take over. yeah, yeah. The, the the main brother's brother. Uh, yeah. The the main Steve, the lead singer's brother. Yeah, is it Steven? Isn't it called Steven Van Zant? Yeah, know. I think something like that. Yeah. Or Stevie Van Zant. But uh, oh. they they picked you know they got new members and they kept going, man. I mean, uh, that that one would be an interesting one. Um, I mean, I've always wanted to see a Kurt Cobain, a true Kurt Cobain movie. Yeah. You but I, through, I don't uh, think that's you know, ever going to happen. 
You know you have you know who you have to go through to get that movie. Yes, Courtney Love is Courtney Love, and yeah. she will not let you because do she, anything she could, at because all. Because she had <laughs> a murder. She had a murdered, and that's why. <laughs> not even like I don't even know if first. It's not only that that you know the conspiracy theories and all that kind of speculation, but just having to show their relationship in a rather yeah. real light is probably something she's not comfortable. Sure. With. Yeah, that's something that a lot of like I mentioned earlier, like when we go to the you go to the rights owners that they're not comfortable with. Yeah. For example, they ever make a Michael Jackson biopic? How uh, how are they going to deal with all of the things and oh, controversies yeah. around him? Oh, we forgot about one that just came out, The Dirt. Oh yes, we did. Yeah, talk about something that has a lot of uh, not controversial stuff, but eighties <clears throat> you know, rock, man, man. <laughs> yeah, we need a twi- Twisted thing. Sister biopic. Oh, yeah. I mean, 80s rock in general, there was so much, so much drugs, so many Van Halen. women, so much Kiss. coke. <laughs> so Where's much. the Kiss biopic? It was all, 80s rock and roll, like the 80s hair metal was all like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, if that That's makes it. any sense. That's it. That's, yeah, I mean, for me, my favorite band of all time is Guns N' Roses, so I would love a Guns N' a Guns N Roses biopic. Do I think that's ever going to happen? Perhaps yeah, not. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know I know the band is on much better terms now. The, the, the original band members are on much better terms now. They've been touring now for years. You know, I saw, the, I saw them on their reunion tour, the Not In Your Lifetime tour, which nobody ever thought they would get back together because there was such a, a rift between uh, Slash and, uh, and Axl Rose. But, yeah, who knows? That things could happen, um, but another one I would want to see is um, I know they've done this a couple of times right now, but they haven't really done it properly, and that's Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, we all we know that they've done like I said a couple of times. Um, what was that that movie with Andre Benjamin or Andre Three Thousand? It was called, he's called Hendrix or or Jimmy. Jim, it, it, was it was Jimmy called... All by My Side, wasn't it? I yeah something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was Jimmy All by My Side. And the problem with that movie is it it depicted the early career of Jimi Hendrix. The thing is, they couldn't get the rights to any of his music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the family or the people who own his music rights wouldn't let them do it because they didn't they they, they didn't like they didn't like the movie or they didn't like they didn't the believe in the project. Yeah, they didn't like the project. So you can't really it's you can't do these movies without the music because that's what kind of. Gets people in the door. These movies work. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what makes them work, especially for somebody like Jimi Hendrix, whose music is so iconic to why we remember him. Like yeah. every time you hear his guitar riffs, you're like, "Man, that's Jimi Hendrix." So nobody else sounds like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Some of these music, some of these musicians are so iconic that their sound is so unique to them. You can't you can't differentiate the two. I would love a Jimi Hendrix one. Um, I would like I said Guns N' Roses. I would like they they've bounced around uh, the Who um, a lot. I've heard like um, specifically okay. with the drummer because um, he died. Didn't he die early too? I think he did. Yeah. Um, what's his name? God, I'm so bad with musician names. Today. Hey, you're supposed to be the music guy, weren't you? In a band? I, I was in a band for a minute. <laughs> um, I'm just a, it's I'm more of a movie guy these days. Um, I, know. I was counting on you for all this all this music. Uh, uh, 
technology. Was it Kenny Keith Moon? Keith Moon. Yeah, there was a for a while there was a Keith Moon biopic getting thrown around. Yeah, and it was, did, didn't he famously explode on stage? What, what well, there was like a fa- he destroyed his he drum would, shit. Yeah. He would destroy his drum set all the time. But um, uh, apparently, if I'm I might be wrong about this, but for a while it was um gonna be uh what's his name mike myers was gonna make the movie interesting um and he i think he was gonna play keith moon but i don't he's obviously way too old now um yes but uh yeah the who you know that british invasion uh you know and of course like the rolling stones that you know a lot of the bands have uh weird have have hardcore stories yeah rolling stones Aerosmith. Uh, a lot of these iconic bands from back then, but man, the rock and roll life, not for the faint of heart. That's yeah. what I kind of meant by that whole dividing line between, you know, pre-British Invasion or post-British Invasion. Because post-British Invasion, you get all that 70s and 80s hard rock. You get that 90s grunge era stuff. You got um, the alternative rock of the late 90s that came about. And it's just... It, but in that middle there, that 70s, 80s is where... A hard rock was coming. That's when you get. That's when you get metal. Now metal is crazy. Metal is uh, heavy metal for the '80s. Is kind of kind of crazy. That's where you get Ozzy Osbourne. That's when you get um, Ronnie James Dio, who I was just listening to earlier. I would love a Ronnie James Dio musical biopic. What about uh? Go ahead, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I would say because he's kind of like one of the godfathers of, of metal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. created he he created the uh, the horn symbol. You know that the. Um, the horn, yeah, yeah, the skull yeah. horn thing, you know what I mean, with the two fingers. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is something he actually got from his grandmother. She used to do that. That's <laughs> the origin of the, the metal horns. Yeah. I was going to say, what about uh, another big uh, artist, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan? Yeah, very tragic. Very, blo- very blues rock. Yeah, yeah, his blues rock is crazy. That, you know, very much in line with someone like B.B. Like B. King. Um, that would be interesting. A B.B. King story would be very interesting. He's passed a few years ago. Um, I would love to see that that come to fruition. Um, a lot of and I'll, one that's kind of near and dear to my heart is um, is Lane Staley, the yeah, former yeah. lead singer yeah, of Allison Alice in Chains, Chains yeah. who's that would be a de- just a complete and utter depressing. Just the way the way his life turned out was so depressing. The way he died completely alone, and they didn't discover him his body for like a couple of days or whatnot i could see like aronofsky aronofsky doing aronofsky would make a great great one because it would just be really really dark dark and 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 maybe maybe a little bit a little bit like kind of like black swan where it's like what's reality and what's not yeah because he was on it was yet again a lot of those people from that era a lot of it was drug and alcohol related stuff and that stuff leads to depression it's very interesting that whole grunge era um, this is you're gonna have to reel me in in a second, Stephen, because I'm about to go <laughs> off. Um, that the the music and what they were expression came from a very emotional place. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all of those songs that like you think of Nirvana. You know, smells like Teen Spring, smells like Teen Spirit. Very emotional stuff. All that stuff was like very expressive, and they were trying to like say things. Sure. And it's very interesting how you know a lot of those artists who were saying very expressive things. Ended up dying, you know, from like emotional casualties, and you know, you know, suicide and and drug use and from drug use and all that stuff. Uh, someone like uh, Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots from that era as well. I would like to see his story. It would be fascinating, of kind of 
a rise, a fall, a rise again, and then a fall again, and then the final fall being, you know, yeah. death. It's, it's really, yeah, it's really tragic like stuff. That 90s era, man, uh, there's only like one major guy left from the main group, and that's Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam Eddie Vedder. <laughs> He's <laughs> the Eddie only Vedder one that survived. Yeah, Eddie Vedder kind of made it out. And the thing is, is he never was really, I don't think he ever really was, had a bad addiction problem. I think he might have drank a little bit back in the day, but I don't think he's ever had really any major addiction problems that, that yeah, I know and, of. And, and the way things have pretty much go, I guess, for anyone's anyone's life in general, not necessarily musicians or artists or movie people, is things that happen in your personal life end up affecting your, your professional life. Sure. And then the things that affect your professional life come back and affect your personal life. It's like a, it's like a circle it. of hell, basically. You know what I mean? It just drives you, drives you straight down. Uh, man. But yeah, there, there's a, there's endless uh, possibilities. We could go on forever talking about what bands would be making awesome. You think we're movie. gonna live long enough to see like, like recent like uh, biopics about recent? God, people? if I see a goddamn Justin Bieber movie, <laughs> I. I <laughs> I might like, shoot myself. Do you think we're going to get a movie like a Backstreet Boys movie or an NSYNC movie? God, I hope about not. the rise of boy bands. In <laughs> the, the rise of boy bands in the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. What's, NSYNC. What's crazy? O Town. Yeah, that music's never going away. Oh. Um, I was at a wedding over the weekend, and I don't, I don't, I don't go to social events at all. I like to watch. I like to stay home and watch movies. But anyway, sometimes you get you get thrust into obligatory places, and it's just very fascinating. That all of those band, all of the, you know, the boy band music, the hip hop music, and the R and B music of the late '90s, of the '90s and early 2000s, uh, stuff that some people look back on, I'm like, wow, I can't believe we listened to this. They all end up at like at at like familial celebrations, <laughs> like yeah. like weddings and and birthday parties and family uh, gatherings, and it's like, you know, oh, so that's why this music still stays alive. I, I I could see somebody like a Lady Gaga getting a biopic in the in the future. Because uh, yeah. she has a very interesting way about her, and, and maybe like a Britney Spears, because she had, had such a personal downfall for yeah, a while. She's she's back down again, and if recent did she cut her hair again? Did she go bald again? I think she she kind of quit like her residency in Vegas. I think uh-huh. she kind of quit like her tour dates and all that stuff. And I mean, that's yeah. She has very led a very interesting complicated life yeah as a lot of these artists that we've covered have yeah and movies are kind of movies like to i don't know if the word exploit is the word but utilize well, use. they're making their money <laughs> off of it so it's not like it's i'll just... say this just the genre in general i guess that's how we'll kind of wrap this up is the genre i think right now is as strong as it's ever been this subgenre of musical biopics because they keep coming out with them and they keep having great success and i would say it's purely mostly because because of the music not necessarily because the movie's good (laughs) a wink wink by uh bohemian rhapsody (laughs) well yet again that's that's indicative of the you know the quality of the movie and the filmmaking and all that kind of stuff but like you said i mean i don't mean to bring up bohemian rhapsody again for the bajillionth time but yeah, I think it's the highest grossing biopic of all time. I, it wouldn't surprise or me. One of the high, or maybe the highest grossing musical biopic of all time. I may be inflating those numbers, but this movie made like hundreds of millions of dollars. And I, and that's is that more indicative of the quality of the movie, or is it because it's about one of the most iconic people in music ever? 
You know what I mean? Like, which, yeah. which one? Which one factors? Because it includes some equation? of the most iconic music ever. Not necessarily. Yeah. I don't know that it's yeah. necessarily because it's Freddie Mercury. I think it's because it's Queen music. Oh, that yeah. but that that kind of uh, factors into Freddie Mercury as well. Sure, you know sure, I mean? but I, like I separate say, from the quality of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they made a if they made a biopic, a musical biopic movie about someone who was, I don't know, like like not famous or whatever, like a regular, like semi-famous person. Maybe. Yeah, I know what you said, Blaze Foley. Nobody would care. Blaze Foley, would care. nobody saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very true. But uh, uh, I think that's a good place to end it, man. We, you yeah. know, we can go. But I, I'm excited to see Rocket Man. I'm hearing good things. Um, I think uh, Dan, our friend Dan, saw it and said he really loved it. Um, yeah, I do hear that Taron Egerton is really, really good as Elton John. Yeah. Um, he's a really great young actor, and he's actually doing all of his own singing. Yeah, he's singing, those... which is definitely a step up from Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm going to bring it up again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> but if, I mean, speaking kind of coming in a roundabout way to what we talked about earlier, at the Cannes Film Festival, he they screened Rocket Man, and before the screening, he had a duet with Elton John yeah. um, where they sang, I believe they sang Rocket Man, and you can go on the internet and see it, and it's really, really good awesome like he's fantastic he's been going around with elton john doing promos for the movies and he, they've been singing together and it's it's really something to see so with that being said um we will wrap it up here cool uh where can you be found andrew you can find me on twitter at capzilla 6 as well as my youtube channel capzilla productions and you can find me on facebook stephen billings you can also find uh, I haven't been posting a lot lately, but uh, Instagram, uh, Cinema Discovery Project, I post all the goodies I buy. And uh, also you can find this show on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. That will be it for this episode of the Cinema Discovery Project. Uh, I think we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, usually we're bi-weekly, but we're going to come back next week with uh, our next spotlight so we can get ourselves on a new schedule. So look out for that next week. And hey, keep on watching them movies. I know I will. <laughs>